distance Join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice The lost art of conversation Hey listeners, this is Pop Culture Continuum, this is John Elliott And this is Patrick Riccardi And this week we're doing Rafifi versus American Hustle yeah, uh, so we'll try to figure out what they have in common, if anything. Oh, I, I was under the impression American Hustle was a straight remake. It's not. It could be. I mean, with the uh, terrible remakes they they do in Hollywood, it, where they just go totally off book from the original, it could it could be because it doesn't really have a lot in common. But uh, do you say off book from your many years working on the stage as a as a, a musical artist? On the boards, when I trod the boards, uh, yes. To answer your question succinctly, um, but I did want to bring up before we started because I'd mentioned on an earlier episode, uh, Game of Thrones. What's his name? George R. R. Martin. Is that his name? Yes. His, his terrible writing, um, as opposed to plotting. Um, which is a different thing, but I just mean his actual writing. Uh, and I found a really good example. So uh, on my Kindle, whenever I, uh, whenever I finish a book that I actually like, I, I go read a few chapters of uh, Game of Thrones. Um, and it's not called Game of Thrones, right? The, the, the first book is, a, is it, is it Game of Thrones? Maybe it is. The first book is Game of Thrones. Okay, but yeah. The, the series is called A Song of Ice and Fire. Right. A Song of Ice. Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, so I'm still in the first book, although I'm, I've am i almost finished it. But, um, all right, I'm just going to read this paragraph to you. And I, I, I also want to point out, this is near the end of the book, so it's not like this is the first time we're being introduced to this dude. Um, so I don't really get why... He felt the need for the descriptions. But let me just read it. All right. When he had taken his pleasure, Kyle Drogo rose from their sleeping mats to tower above her. His skin shone dark as bronze in the ruddy light from the brazier, the faint lines of old scars visible on his broad chest. Ink-black hair, loose and unbound, cascaded over his shoulders and down his back, well past his waist. His manhood glistened wetly. The cow's mouth twisted in a frown beneath the droop of his long mustachio. The stallion who mounts the world has no need of iron chains. There is nothing about that that's not 100% terrible. <laughs> is I read iron chairs? What? Yeah, I, yes. The stallion who mounts the world has no need of iron chairs. That sentence was in quotation marks, so I don't know if that meant that he was speaking or if it was some quote I was supposed to be familiar with from earlier in the book. I don't know. But uh, when I read that to Viv, she said, that's like romance novel writing. Yeah, a lot of I I like the like you said the plotting. I like the the chapters in Game of Thrones, especially Game of Thrones the first book because they end with really satisfying cliffhangers and it's they, he does a good job of, of punching you in the gut throughout the book, but the writing I it, it is romance level and the rape, all the rape. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not yeah, obviously not a fan of that. Um but I I just I just wanted to give an example cuz I'd brought it up, but you know, I couldn't really I don't think I did a good job of describing it, but I think he did a good job of making my point for me. I mean, just even the... Uh, this is why I, I have a hard time with sci-fi and fantasy anyway. Like, when he had taken his pleasure. Like, they try to write in an old medieval style of talking, but it just sounds idiotic. 
Well, how else could his manhood glisten? Yeah, I... <laughs> Brightly? <laughs> exactly. Nope, that doesn't work. I, I, I like the droop of his long mustachio. Because you can't just say mustache. Yeah, is, is, I, I, I assume mustachio is a specific kind of... Type of... Yeah. Well, yeah, we know from watching the the show what kind of mustache it is, but yes, even so, it just sounds uh, it sounds really dumb. It sounds like a fourteen year old making up a D and D campaign or something. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to put that out there. And now we have a lot of people who do not like the show anymore. Thanks. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure I'm really hurting their franchise with this dumb little podcast but yeah his manhood glisten wetly is probably maybe one of the worst single sentences i've ever had the displeasure to read and i i in general i think the term is his manhood is is far overused because it was used once yes i agree i agree that's that's far overused in our culture um just that one time anyway uh well let's start with rafifi i guess yeah uh, you had not seen it before. No, I had not seen it before. And the first copy I tried to watch when we originally did this podcast had no subtitles. So we had to push things back a little bit. And it turns out the middle of the movie, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> it would not. That, uh, I think I, I talked about that on our episode with David, that uh, scene, the actual the actual heist is just, there's no dialogue for about it's, 25 minutes. It's amazing how how long it goes with no dialogue. It it's incredible. It's it's awesome, and it's just kind of surprising that they did it. But it's really neat, and it, it doesn't need dialogue. You're kind of glad there isn't dialogue because it, they wouldn't talk there. They don't want to get caught. Right. But it it is a weird choice to do that in a movie. Uh, when, I mean, it's just so off the wall. You off the wall. I mean, not only is there no dialogue, which you'd understand, but there's also no music. So it's it's very it's a very stark little. Uh, empty part of the movie and it's really neat yeah and and yet it it keeps your attention uh throughout the whole scene. oh yeah and i'm i'm on I, I watching it for the first time i was on edge the entire time whether or not they're going to get caught yeah and okay so before we uh before people bitch us out uh rafifi is about um this old french i don't know thief i guess who who just got out of jail and uh his friends and associates try to rope him into one last heist. Of he, got, a, he went to jail for, for sticking up for another guy in this gang who, who didn't take the, the, the fall. He took the, yeah, he took the fall. He for took the, the fall for the, yeah, the guy who was actually Swedish guy. Right. Um, so, so they, it's a jewelry store and they, uh, they go in and rob it and, uh, and then, uh, shit goes downhill after the heist. But the, uh, the thing I liked also was that they showed them planning the heist, which was one of the things, one of the critiques we had of the original Ocean's Eleven was that there was really no planning mm-hmm. involved. But in this one, they they kind of show you exactly, like they're working out how to get past this alarm system and stuff, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah, that scene and the scene where they were, which has kind of been uh, used many times in heist movies since then, where they were watching watching the the site to see what police got went by what flower people went by you know what was happening on the street before they went went there and they had a whole book and they knew what was happening yeah down to the second right and that's just that's something it's a trope now that any heist movie has that scene where there's watching what goes on well i feel like there's probably this movie gave rise to a lot of tropes 
for heist movies. I think so. Yeah. And I was thinking as I watched it, that Ocean's 11 took a lot from it Yeah, down to the character. George Clooney gets out of prison and his wife is involved or girlfriend is involved with someone else in the same thing in this movie. Yeah, exact. Well, I, yeah, I have no doubt that Steven Soderbergh saw, saw Rafifi. Oh yeah. yeah. But, uh, did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I was a little surprised watching it. It felt very much more like an American movie than I expected. So when I read that the director was actually American, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I'd said on the earlier podcast that he was French probably just because of his name, but no, he was like blacklisted in America and went to make this in France. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how American it feels uh, aside from the, the, the silent five minute silent part. But other than that, it, it has a very American feel to it with that song in the middle the Rafifi song that the only time you hear the, you hear the, uh, the title, the title. And it, it, it means rough and tumble. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I mean, that's kind of a weird sequence. I mean, I guess that's just of its time having them go to like the, the dance hall with the, the showgirls singing and stuff. Um, and the song went on forever. It was, it was, it was too long. Song. Yeah. I, I read somewhere that he's, that was one of the, his only regret about the movie was that song didn't need to be in it. Nope, it didn't, but I guess they pro- he probably felt he had to make up for that 25 minutes of silence by giving <laughs> so this, 25 this, minutes of song and dance. Rafifi is based on a crime novel, and from everything, I, I read a, a couple different things about the making of the movie. It sounded like the director did not care for the novel at all, and part of the reason he had that 25 minutes is there's stuff in the novel he didn't want to deal with, so he just, let's just show the actual heist instead of dealing with this racist stuff in the middle of the book. Oh, that well, that's cool. Um, uh, he didn't he didn't seem to mind with uh, dealing with sexist stuff. In the no, movie, but no, that, that was jarring. Very jarring. I didn't. I I'm glad it didn't it didn't continue with that kind of stuff. But there's a scene where the main character, which we'll call Rafifi because that should be his name, uh, belts his former girlfriend for I don't know why. And when I say belt, I mean literally. He uses a belt to hit her in the back. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because she shacked up with some new guy after he'd been in prison for yeah. however long. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why either. But I think, I think he wanted to. I think he mentioned at some point he wanted to mark her so her new boyfriend would know he'd been there and kind of force a showdown. But yeah, it's it. It was a. Uh, it was not a pretty part of the movie for the character you're supposed to be sympathetic to. Yeah, and I I think that helps make it work too because you're not really that sympathetic for him. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a, a uh, what a sixty year old movie. I don't think it, it matters if we give away the ending. No, I don't think so either. Um, so that's the other thing that made me think that it was an American movie because all the bad guys don't win. There's you know I guess the Hayes Code said the bad guys can't win, and this followed that pretty closely. Yeah, I mean, although. Nobody. There were no good guys in the movie. There were bad no, guys and, and worse guys. Other, yeah. And I didn't. Well, how would I know? But the director had a part in the movie. He played the the the, the stupid Italian. Oh, really? <laughs> the the one that kind of screwed yeah, everything up. Fucked everything up for him. Oh, I had I had no idea that was him. And I liked the the the. Uh, ethnic slurs they have against him. They don't have it against the other Italian guy, just him. One one guy calls him spaghetti, the other guy calls him macaroni. I, I, I love that too. That that's that's the best you can do. <laughs> Did you ever get that growing up, people calling you spaghetti? 
No. Uh, yeah, I know. Elliot, what did I get? Nothing. I mean, aside from phone e. home. E.T. Yeah. E.T. phone home. What are they going to call me? Hey, Chaucer. I don't even know. Elliot. Um, yeah, that was that was funny. Um, it makes you wonder what how much what kind of racism they took out from uh, the book. The, I think the 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 boy the new boyfriend the the heavy the the bad guy of the movie was I forget like maybe black African something like some black something. Yeah, it? maybe like from Algeria or something. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, it was not. I mean, I don't. I'm not the one saying black. That's how it was described when I read. Like, that's how they 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 describe the character. Yeah, and he didn't want that. He didn't think it had anything he to the story. Yeah, I want the racial element there. And there's some famous film critic, the the one that became a director, whose name is escaping me, Francis Truffaut. Oh, Truffaut, yeah. He described it as the worst crime movie he the worst crime book he's ever read turned into the best crime movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is it is a really good movie except for the the song, um, which just goes on too long. But and that kid's French accent was terrible. The the kid oh the little kid, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot all about him. The kid with the penguin and the uh... <laughs> yeah the balloon the penguin all kinds of he got everything he wanted. Spoiled little fucking kid. Yeah, even in the end, his his, his godfather was dead. He didn't even care. Nope, he's happy because he got his clown or whatever the hell. <laughs> well, that kid seemed to be unperturbed even when he was kidnapped. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like, "Where's my mom?" Oh, okay. He's just floating through life. He doesn't <laughs> give a shit. The guy, the guy who's guarding him, is having some kind of heroin high, or I don't know what he, whatever drug he was taking high, and he's lying in the bed, and the kid's just running around the room shooting his little toy gun out of care in the world. Yeah. So, well, uh, that's I mean, that's what happens. The heist. They so they pull off the heist uh, without a hitch, and then uh, and then one of the one of the team mouths off or actually he he buys a ring or he doesn't buy it. He steals a ring from the jewelry store and gives it to uh, his girlfriend uh, who works at the club. Where, the singer. The singer we're yeah, the, about. Yeah. Who's, uh, which is the club that Rafifi's ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend owns. Uh, it sounds more convoluted than it is when you watch it. Um, yeah. And then so he... He finds out because they everybody knows that the jewelry store was robbed, so they they uh, kind of torture this dude and get him to spill the beans on on uh, who had the money. So these guys decide to kidnap his godson, um, which is one of the <laughs> the character who he went to jail for. It's his son. Um, they kidnap him in an attempt to get the the jewels and. Uh, you know, murder, kidnapping, all this ensues after after the heist, and uh, things don't uh, end up well, as you would expect, for anybody except the little spoiled kid. Yeah, I was I was expecting the little spoiled kid to get all the money, but he didn't. No, the I know that that was the other thing. The cops come up and find the uh, the briefcase full. They just of money. open the briefcase. What what right do they have to open it? But they show them opening it, like as the as the camera fades away the the end end of the movie you see them opening up the briefcase that's france in the 50s dude it's kind of like uh new york now with uh frisk and search the yeah the uh but it the cinematography is really really good i thought oh yeah there's a lot of interesting scenes like there's a scene in the uh when caesar the 
the, the director gets found out that he's a part of the heist and they take him down into a room to, to question him. And it's, it's just a point of view of the camera going down this hallway. And that's the scene where, and then they, he gets thrown and he gets punched. He gets punched. And then later Rafifi goes to, to say, to save him. And then he finds out he's, he's the one that gave away the other guy's name. So he shoots him. But as he leaves the room, that same, the same camera angle we're getting before where we're getting the view going in, it's going backwards. Coming, it's, pulling out. Yeah. It's really neat. And yeah, I guess no. Did anybody on the team that did the heist live? No. Yeah, they all got killed, right? Right. The accident. It seemed like the the first Italian guy was kind of an accident. It was just the it's, the sun was a little too wild, but yeah, everybody got killed. Yeah. So I mean, really, the uh, arguably the uh, mother of the of the kid who was kidnapped uh, came out okay because I don't. I don't see how her husband was helping her life out any. Yeah. But you know who else came out okay? The fence. Oh yeah, the the fence in England. Yep, he got the jewels and uh the French cops got the money. Yeah. Yeah, it it's uh I mean you can really see how how many heist movies just took their cue from this one. There really is like it's like a, it's like the rule book for heist movies. Yeah, the the showdown at the end where everybody dies, that's a heist movie kind of thing, or not necessarily everybody, but that that kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. And, and the the, yeah. I somebody somebody fucking up by spilling the beans. Yeah, and that is so aggravating. When he steals the ring, you know that's going to come back and be a bad thing, and he just no. He's just he's just whistling and happy because he got yeah. a ring. Yeah. And, and he thinks he's so clever when he 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 rips up the the ring was in a little piece of paper and he rips up the piece of paper and he doesn't know what to do with it and he says oh I'll just throw it back in the safe yeah and and uh, oh, Jesus Christ how did I lose my train of thought so quick oh yeah and Rafifi even tells him I like how we're calling him Rafifi when that's not even his name at all no but um his name's Tony yeah but I'm just gonna keep calling him Rafifi Rafifi even tells him uh you know don't go out flashing money and don't go out with any women yeah. and the first thing he does the the speaking of Rafifi's real name he's Tony La Stefano I don't know how to say that Stefano Stefano yeah it's, it's like Tony the Stefano yeah but why why don't they just put La in the in the subtitles because <laughs> instead it's, of the, it's a name I, yeah well I that's what I that was one thing I didn't get like they kept calling him the Stefano like that's that's not a thing no, it's, it's his last name. It's not like Tony the Leopard or, you know, <laughs> Tony. So that's the... why they're just saying his last name. So why did the subtitles do that? I didn't get that at all. It, maybe there's some subtlety that we missed and, and, you know, Stefano means something to somebody. But, yeah, no, it's just a name. It, it made no sense. Um, it's like calling you Patrick the Riccardi as your, as like your underworld nickname. Um. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was gonna say it's my favorite heist movie. There's there's another really good French one called uh, Bob Le Flambeur, which uh, which is also excellent. Um, and that one was by Melville, who's a great director. Um, and it was remade. Um, and I can't remember the title of the remake. It was remade with Nick Nolte, where he's a. Uh, it's about this dude who's like a gambler and 
and he goes to Monte Carlo and does some scheme. I can't remember it that well, but but yeah, this is. A, Have you seen any of Dustin's Dustin's other movies? Yeah, not they're not as good. No. Yeah, I've seen a couple other ones. I've I've heard good things about the Naked City, but I've never seen it. I thought the Naked City was all right. Yeah. Um, this is the one to watch, I think. And it's got that, uh, you know, that French French existentialist feel to it. And even the making of it is, I mean, nothing to do with fresh, French existentialist, whatever. <laughs> the making of this movie is interesting that he he couldn't get anyone to let him make a movie after he was blacklisted. They tried. He went to Europe and he tried to direct movies there, but people who were casted were were forced by their studios not to be in it from threat of American American studios. So he finally got, ch- got a chance to do this because the producer owned the rights to the novel and he needed to find someone and they offered it to him. But they, they couldn't get any big names to be in it. So all these guys are, are lesser known people or like the Rafifi was a, I guess at one point was a well-known actor, but he was on the, the downturn of his career because he was an alcoholic. So it's, pretty interesting that that came together to create such an awesome movie yeah well that's not shocking that he was an alcoholic because it kind of comes across i mean he he plays the part really well but you know he's very like world weary yeah and yeah and just like i mean it and that could just be good acting but it also i mean it seems like that's the dude's outlook on life as well you know man he must have gotten better because he lived till 2005 damn did he yeah. Well, that's a tip for all the kids out there. Drink your life away. <laughs> and then stop and be in a world-famous movie that everyone loves. And then continue drinking for the next 60 years. And you'll be preserved like fine wine, which is what your liver will be 90% made of. The Yeah, the uh, I, I know. I don't really have a lot to say. I'm, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you got a chance to see it. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it's a very dark movie. Yeah, in all 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 manner of definition, darkly lit, a dark story, but it also had a lot of funny bits in it. Especially the the bald guy, he was a very funny actor. Oh yeah, he was definitely the uh, com, com comic relief of this. Thing. Yeah, yeah, and there's other little funny bits throughout it. I, so it's 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 interesting in the movie that that's kind of slow especially for nowadays but but it's still pretty fast but it's it's also funny it's it's just it hits everything right i think yeah the i think i mean the pacing doesn't bother me at all um no i wasn't i'm not complaining but you know compared if this were made today there'd be a, a few more edits oh yeah it would be it would there'd be at least 30 minutes cut off and there's no way they would do the scene silent oh i would love either. them to though it would, I love that kind of stuff. Me too. And you don't even, I mean, you don't notice at first, but then when it keeps going on, you're like, oh shit, nobody said anything. And... For a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then he, I think you really notice it near the end when he's obviously, Rafifi's in a hurry to get get things on the road and he just, he goes over to watch. And after a couple seconds of watching, he he brings up his shirt and and forces his watch in front of the guy's face saying Harry up, but doesn't say it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. The guy just pushes his arm away. I liked how, how nice they were. And this is the bald Italian guy to the, the people they, they knocked out to take over their apartment. The woman is kind of screaming with 
you can't hear her because her t- her mouth is taped up, but she's kind of screaming, and uh, he puts a pillow behind her. Pillow behind her, chair yeah. So that she can relax. Yeah, there's there's no reason to be savages. <laughs> be civilized thieves. Yeah, I it's a it's really I mean that the heist scene was really intense and then I mean it's pretty it's fairly intense too in the aftermath of the heist um when things start spiraling out of control cuz you don't know how far they're going to go with it. Yeah, and it's it it is a surprising end to me. It was. Yeah, same here. I mean, you'd... what finally happened? I mean, watching in the beginning, I was picking out, oh, he's going to die for sure, but I didn't expect everybody to die. Yeah, and and in a weird way, even though we talked about the uh, him uh, beating his ex girlfriend with a with a whip, uh, not a whip, a, a belt, you, you still were kind of rooting for him to yeah. make it. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I didn't care about the kid, if the kid made it or not, so much. Well, that's just more about you than the film. I think it's more about that little bratty kid. <laughs> we can't walk through life oblivious. Like, you're kidnapped and you're and you're just perfectly fine with it. I think he just had an even keel because he wasn't upset about losing the balloon either. And I also like the fact that the they, they took a chance to, to give some parenting advice in that scene. The, the kid is kidnapped and the, and the mother, they're pushed into the car and the little boy loses his balloon and they show this scene is shot from the streetcar where another little boy and his father are watching what's going on. They watch the balloon float away and the father says to his kid, see, you have to hold on to that balloon tightly or you're going to lose it like he did. Yeah, uh, that that was some good parenting advice. See, if you ever get kidnapped, hold on to your balloon. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm kidding about the kid kind of but i mean i just didn't care about the kid so much i mean he was he was more of a plot device than a than a character yeah. you know so did you watch this movie in the theater when it was re-released i i saw that in the 2000 they re-released it oh no i no. i did not i saw it on dvd um and that's the only way i've ever seen it that would have been nice yeah that would have been pretty neat i i i I might miss out on them because I don't look at it, but I, I'm, I like when there's old movies shown in theaters when you have a chance to do that. I don't think it happens often enough around yeah, here. The, yeah, they've got the uh, the Pacific Film Archive out here in Berkeley that uh, that that's pretty much all they do is is old movies. You know, they have series. That's um, great. Not always I, old either. Like they did a Studio Ghibli, you know, series of their stuff, and mm-hmm. um, but I mean, even that's cool to see, like, because they do like the original Japanese version with subtitles rather than, you know, famous American actor overdubs yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, no, I agree. Especially if they can get good prints, like that's, that's always the problem. I think. Yeah. Especially those, those theaters that they're not digital. So they're showing actual prints. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're doing digital now, like if, if you would show Rafifi nowadays, you'd probably do the criterion transfer somehow i mean maybe i don't know if you just put the blu-ray in but probably does that not. work i wonder i don't the, i don't really know enough about how many pixels and what resolution blu-ray is that would if it would work on a big screen i don't either maybe we should see if david's online right now <laughs> you won't tell us <laughs> no it's one of it's one of those wga secrets um and they don't even do that kind of thing they're writing the movies and they still keep it a secret bastards that's the Hollywood elite for you, limousine liberals. Um, yeah. So, are we done with Rafifi? Uh, I don't have anything to add. Yeah. You... I mean, we gave the whole plot away. So, oh. what else is there to do? 
oh, you know what? I was wrong about that guy living until 2005. The guy who played um, Joe lived to 2005. The guy who played Rafifi lived to 1976. Yeah, that makes more sense. So kids don't drink. Yeah, he. I mean, well, he was. That pretty... makes a lot more sense. I don't know. He would have been thirty if he lived to two thousand five. I didn't look closely enough at that little write up. Right, because he was obviously pretty old at the time of. Yeah, the... it was. Yeah, it was, it was still sixty six when he died. So. So I wonder how many kids listen to this show. Drink in moderation, kids. That's that's the real. That's the real story. Um, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we're pretty big with the toddler set. That's good. Yeah. As soon as they uh, turn off Teletubbies. I don't even know what kids watch. Teletubbies isn't still a thing, I hope, right? I don't think so. Uh, I used to know this. There, it, it, there's something that's popular that involves someone. Yo Gabba uh, Gabba? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm out of that shit. At least, you know, at least it's gone from Barney and, and Teletubbies to Yo Gabba Gabba, which seems at least somewhat cool. I think they... Like play Ramon songs and shit on there, you know. Yeah, but I, I don't have kids. But personally, I don't. I think if there's something my toddler likes, I don't care if it's cool or not. You just you just tune out. <laughs> well, that's just my my motto for life. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like the opposite of Timothy Leary. Your your motto is just tune out. The end. Ignore. <laughs> Ignore. Retreat. Um, all right. Want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a little break and we'll come back with American Hustle. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's Greyhound Racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation. Transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians. And right back to the start, it's gonna take some time and patience. And we're back. With, and we're American hustled up. We are indeed. So, um, yeah, American hustle. I thought it was decent. I didn't think it was great. I would agree. I, I thought it was, I would say better than decent. But it's solid. As a movie, it wasn't great, but I saw, I thought some of the performances were great. Ah, I, I have a little bit of a problem with that only because, the performances seem like performances. Like yeah. it was capital A acting. Like I, I was aware the whole time that people were acting and they were doing a good job, but it like, I never, I was never unaware that they were acting, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jennifer Lawrence was a bit over the top. Actually. I, in some, well, I thought the character was over the, the character top, so I was worked. And there's, there's a couple scenes that were just, really good from her i don't overall maybe it wasn't the best performance by her but that scene in the bathroom was incredibly good yeah that's true and and you know as you said the character was way over the top and what what are you going to do with that i guess yeah i mean she did i'm not i don't think she's a bad actress i just i just thought you know the performance was a bit on the uh 
dramatic side. <laughs> but I mean, the character is written as someone that Christian Bale can't quit, basically. Right, right. And and same thing. I mean, Chris. Look, they're all good actors. The the people in this. I just I felt it was a bit of the uh, you know John Lovett's character style <laughs> of acting. More than I mean, there wasn't a lot of subtlety to it. it. It seemed to me like they were all acting to try to get nominated for an Academy Award. That's all. I I uh, I can hear what you're saying, but I don't. I didn't have as much of a problem with that as you did, but it definitely wasn't subtle. I'll agree no. with that wholeheartedly. And and I thought I thought the two best or three best. Christian Bale was I think he was better than everybody else. He was better. Yeah, he was the not, best. It's but Jeremy Renner was really good too. I was surprised to see people complain about him. I thought he was really good in that, in that part. Shit. Why can't I picture who Jeremy Renner was? Oh, he played the mayor of Camden. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, no, I thought he was fine. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that was fine. And I don't know. Do we need to tell people what this is about? It's, you know, based on the Abscam scandal so of the 70s. When I, when I watched the movie, I had no idea... It was about the app scam scandal until it got to the point where it was clearly about the app scam scandal. Yeah, no, same here. I had it no was clue. really kind of a shock to me. Yeah, yeah, no, same here. I, I, I honestly knew nothing about the movie going in. So, yeah, I was, and I was. There's a couple cameos I was really surprised by. We, we, we can mention them. Did yeah, Lou, I was did not know Louis C.K. was in the movie. Nope, me either. And I thought he was really good in the movie. Yep, he was. He, I thought, yeah, he wasn't. Obviously, Christian Bale was awesome, and I thought Jeremy Renner was good too. Um, I, they were all good, but I was I was very uh, surprised by Louis C.K.'s acting because it was just, I mean it wasn't a big meaty part or anything, no. but I thought he played it like a good character actor would have played it. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I think that's what his life is going to be, which is good. Not yeah. just stand-up comic, but character actor. Yeah, he he'd he'd be good at it based on this evidence. And there's a I don't know if you've seen it. There's a video going around with uh, Bradley Cooper and, and yes, I did. That is that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen put together. It's uh, Louis C.K. is on some radio show. Oh, he's on I think the Stephen Merchant podcast, and he says anybody who asks Sean Penn a question on inside the actor studio is never ever ever going to be a famous actor. Right. And he's like, it, you think that's what's going to do it? You talk to Sean Penn once, <laughs> and all of a sudden you're famous. And it. It's so it right away uh, switches to uh, Bradley Cooper in an episode of Inside the Actor Studio from 12 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it is, asking Sean Penn a question. So, and it, it shows his question. It shows Sean Penn start to answer and then fade out slowly until it shows until you get Bradley Cooper and American Hustle just mocking Louis C.K. So it's a really funny, well done uh, video. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how people have all this shit in their heads that they can link the two. You know, he's somebody would be like, oh, I, I just saw um, Bradley Cooper on Inside the Actor Studio on YouTube asking Sean Penn a question. <laughs> and and this thing from Louis C.K., which was a few years old, I think, too, right? Yeah, yeah. And and put that shit together. But, yeah, no, that's I didn't awesome. see where it came from, but I I am almost I'm, – I'm pretty sure that it came from a Reddit thread. So maybe it was just a conversation where one person said one thing and another person said another, and they put it all together and then yeah. made the video. Because – the video would be kind of funny 
if it was right after Louis C.K. said that and they just look, you're stupid, you're wrong, not stupid, but look, this is this actually happened. So it's a funny thing you said, but it's really, really funny the fact that they put the American Hustle scene at the end. No, it yeah, it is. It was That's funny. That's what puts it over the top. It's funny, and yet it it's still um, like the reasoning's facile because <laughs> it it wasn't the fact that he talked to Sean Penn that made him famous. No, no. <laughs> But I, I mean, I know, I know the point that Louis was trying to make, and and it did disprove that kind of. But it didn't. I mean, I, I don't think Louis is like, oh man, I'm a, I'm a failure now. I, no, I said, I'm sure he thought it was funny. Yeah, it's just, and it's it's just especially funny since he picked out specifically Sean Penn, not just asking a question on inside the actor studio, but specifically Sean Penn. I mean, what are the odds that? Oh, who knows? Maybe they're really easy odds, but that he chose the one actor that Bradley Cooper talked to. But apparently, Bradley Cooper talked to a bunch of different actors, so it might have been not that easy. Yeah, because I saw another clip of him asking, um, oh, I can't even remember who it was. Some, Yeah, some other actor. I think it was De Niro, maybe, even. Oh, really? Question. Um, that's the other cameo to to bring it back to what we were talking about before. I had no idea before I watched the movie that Robert De Niro was in it. Nope, me either. And this is the first Robert De Niro part I've seen in years. We've talked about this a lot, where it was it's just a straight, dramatic part, and he did a good job. Yeah, well, as you would expect him to. Um, but it is good to see that he can still do that. I mean, I guess that was a, he had a straight, dramatic part in, uh, part in Silver Lang's playbook, and he was very good in that. I don't know that I would call it straight dramatic. It was yeah, it was a little over the top comedic. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, with all his his uh, football quirks and everything. All oh, right. Yeah, that's true. This was more the old school De Niro playing a a hard ass. Right. And speaking of De Niro, that's what this movie reminded me of was Goodfellas, or like it was. It took Goodfellas as a template, at least, um, by trying to tell this big story of you know of corruption and downfall of of the corrupt and and everything um it really reminded me a lot of goodfellas but not not great like goodfellas was huh i i would not have made the goodfellas connection yeah i don't know i don't know what it was i, I mean just maybe the uh the panoramic nature of the of the storytelling you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but i also felt like i mean one of the great things about Goodfellas was that Scorsese put you like in the characters world, almost in their heads. I felt like at some, at some points where this, they were just characters to me, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel for them so much or feel like I was like enmeshed in their, or in their world. It was, it was a story. It was a story well told, um, which is, which is an accomplishment in itself with all the crap that's out nowadays, but it didn't, it didn't like go that extra yard into greatness for me. I, I would agree with that. It was, yeah. And the, 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 the trick at the end was kind of so simple that it wasn't really a trick. Right. Right. Yeah. The... I liked it, but it, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll have a, a shocking thing at the end. Cause, but it's really shocked you. This didn't really shock me. No. I mean, I've seen enough David Mamet, stuff too that uh oh he has that kind of thing oh yeah if you watch um oh, i'll have to start don't tell me anything because okay oh but i'll try to watch one of his movies and see what that's like yeah i, I like that kind of thing i like the the switch at the end that things weren't as they seemed right and this was so simple well right i mean you're but it worked in in what the characters were like that that's, yes you're working with a con man 
And I also like that they, they call back to the original party and show that he was there, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, obviously that's artistic license. I doubt that was based on, on no, it wasn't. No, tr- the, reality, but yeah. The, the guy that Christian Bale's based on didn't have any reason to, to help the mayor out, and the mayor was not a nice guy. It was not, he might have been a nice guy, but he was a criminal. Right, right. Yeah, which, I mean, which he was in this too, but he was otherwise a saint. No, that's, yeah, he was a criminal before this. Oh, gotcha. In okay. in real life, yeah. It was not not one of those things where he's like, oh, I just want to help my city out. Well, I mean, are you sure? Because uh, a mayor of New Jersey being a criminal seems pretty far-fetched to me. That's a good point. I yeah. That's probably, you know. Can't read anything. I can't believe everything I read on, on Wikipedia. Yeah, probably. they've got their agenda. Yeah, probably one of those New York people who hate New Jersey wrote that. But yeah, it was, uh, man, it's it's hard to for me to know what to say about it other than it's a good solid movie. Like nobody should be ashamed of themselves for their involvement in this. <laughs> There's someone in it. Uh, the woman who plays the Camden mayor, the mayor's wife, is from Law and Order. Uh, she's and from I the Sopranos, not... my friend. What did she play in the Sopranos? Somebody's wife. Some, some. Uh some mafioso's wife but she played I, I don't know about that but she was in law and order for like three or four years playing an assistant district attorney and i, and I would not have recognized her at all she didn't look anything like like she did in that and she did such a good job getting into this oh shit character. i might be i, I might be wrong yeah someone else i must be she was she's from law and order and the first season of angel elizabeth rome but she was very good in it, and a, a surprising, a surprising choice for the role, and surprised. I was shocked that it was her. Oh, holy shit, dude! I didn't know that was her at all. Yeah, she was terrible on Law and Order too. Well, she... is anybody good on Law and Order? Is this kind of? It's, I mean, it's. I like the show, but it's not really an actor's. <laughs> uh, maybe you've forgotten Lenny. <laughs> well, he's not bad in anything. No, of course not. Uh... Was he in Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck he was—the teacup or the candle. Okay, or some bullshit. I thought he was in that. Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, God damn! Why can't I think of the actor's name? Jerry Orbach. He has the theater named after him. Does he? Yeah, the, the I think guys and not guys and there's 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 a uh, there's a play he did for many years. It's been, it's still in New York. It's run for a million years. And the play that runs in is named after him. Oh, it's the Lenny from law and order, uh, playhouse. Yeah. That's awesome. It's right next to the Jack McCoy, uh, execution, execution center. Oh, the execution center. But man, they've really expanded there in New York state. No. They got a whole center now. Yeah. It's the fantastics is the name of the, the, the show he was in for a long time and um they don't execute as many people as new york but they hope to yeah i, I mean i would hope so does new york still execute people i don't think so yeah i don't either um i hope not well i mean they could they could maybe thin the ranks a little bit there it's pretty i always of... forget you're a proponent of capital punishment I am not. I am actually not in any way a proponent of capital punishment. You <laughs> can't even do it for a second. I can't, dude. Uh, what if that's the one second people tune in? 
tune in like we're on the fucking radio. <laughs> I've been trying to broadcast the podcast. Like I have a, I have a computer that just broadcasted uh, constantly on 88.3, but uh, I found that the broadcast it only goes 10 feet, so I can hear it, but nobody else. Well, that sounds perfect to me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all I want to listen to. Dude, I can't believe that was Elizabeth Rome. Yeah, I know. It is. It's shocking. Yeah, now I'm all... Because she had, like, the black hair with the white streak. Yeah, she she looked like someone from The Sopranos. Yeah, I know. Oh, I totally thought it was this actress. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah. But she has range, apparently. Apparently, yeah. She was I... also terrible in Angel. She, she kind of weighed the show down the first couple seasons. Uh, yeah, never seen it, but she... She was really bad on Law and Order. Do you remember her last episode of Law and Order? I I I can't understand why they did that. It it's, made no sense. And I, I I if they would have done it having her say, "Is it because I'm gay?" and then the district attorney replying, "What? I didn't know you were gay." It would have been so much better because I didn't know, and I watched the show every week. Yeah, no, there was no no evidence ever that she was gay. So. <laughs> Apparently the, the the people who are obsessed with the show they they point out little things that she said that might point that way but no there was no outright evidence. Yeah, that was that was just a let's uh let's get some kind of hook in here for the very last scene. <laughs> that did not work. Huh. I like David O Russell. I like his uh, in general I like his movies. In general I like his movies too. Um and it's he doesn't I can't think of anything about them that ties them together. Like he doesn't really have a, it's not like Wes Anderson where, you know, right away, but he, they're, they, they're all good. I guess that's what's, what ties them together. Yeah, no, he's definitely a solid filmmaker. I think he's, you know, he's, I don't know if it's him or if it's just the nature of things. He's becoming more and more mainstream. I feel like. Yeah. Well, it's easy to go mainstream when your first movie is called spanking the monkey. Yeah, that's well. That is true. Oh, but, David has a great David. Our uh, friend David's been on the show has a great story about David O. Russell. That uh, that you're should, not going to share with us now. No, I, I guess I have to since I brought it up. Yeah, but his his grandmother was in the same nursing home as David O. Russell's grandmother, and David went to visit his grandmother, and his grandmother said, "Oh, there's 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 another a woman who lives here whose whose grandson is also a director." And then said his name, and he just directed a movie called Spanking the Monkey. And he said it was one of the, his greatest moments hearing his grandmother say that term. <laughs> and she probably had no clue <laughs> what know. it meant. <laughs> but it's a good movie. My Still my favorite is Flirting with Disaster. I think that's an excellent movie. Yep. No, that's a, that's a great movie. Three Kings is great, too, but... Three Kings was good, and uh, uh, what, was the, what was the one with Marky Mark and Lily Tomlin? Oh, was that I Heart Huckabees? Yeah. I didn't know Marky Mark was in that. I I saw it and I liked it. I didn't know Marky. That's definitely not mainstream. No, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, And, I mean, I guess I guess that's bound to happen. Yeah, he did. And then he did something called Nailed. I didn't see. I didn't see that. I, uh, the fighter I saw. Huh. I didn't even hear of Nailed. Yeah, me either. Tracy but, Morgan's in it. Oh, well, that's probably not a great sign um i mean i like tracy morgan on 30 rock but i oh the film was never released oh there you go yeah no he's a he's a good director um but i mean it's not like this was 
completely uh, Hollywood crap. No. When I, when I say no. mainstream, I just mean more mainstream than what he had done previously. You know, yeah. I, I think each one, Silver Linings Playbook is probably the most mainstream because that was even kind of a bit corny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 it's, uh, Three Kings was kind of went mainstream. So it's funny he went to I Heart Huckabees after Three Kings. Well, it's cool. Yeah. Maybe he'll, you know, go back to one of those after this one. Maybe. I, it seems like he's tying his star to Jennifer Lawrence because I think she's going to be in the next movie he's doing. Well, Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, is he going to be in it too? Oh, probably. That's true. Two in a row. Um, which, yeah, I have no problem with either of them. I think they're... No, I, I, I like when directors kind of pick up on a, an actor and kind of make them someone they work with a lot. I like the De Niro-Scorsese pairing, the De Niro... I mean, the Scorsese-Leonardo DiCaprio pairing. I think it's neat. Yeah, I just... I feel like maybe he should ditch DiCaprio for a while because I... I, I feel like that's the period where his movies kind of started sucking. Really? I thought before that they weren't that good. What what did he have before that? May, yeah, maybe. I thought there was a little down period between the De Niro period and the DiCaprio period that was not that great. There probably was. Yeah, I, I he's done so much shit. I don't think I can even Didn't remember. he have a movie that I didn't care for, but was basically an update of Taxi Driver with Nicolas Cage in the Taxi Driver? Oh, yeah, movie. Bring Out the Dead. Yeah, that was not a great movie. All right, so let's see. So Goodfellas and Cape Fear were, oh, no, then okay, then The Age of Innocence, then Casino. So that was his last um, his last De Niro movie. Huh. So, and that was in the 90s, and then, then Bringing Out the Dead, and then, then he started with Gangs of New York, The Aviator, The Departed. Oh, so it, was, it was a short period that he didn't do. Yeah. Movies. I I wonder what the story is between him and behind him and De Niro not doing movies. Does he just think De Niro is too old, or he doesn't? He can't do the kind of movie he wants to do. I I imagine it says De Niro is too old. I think yeah. that the movies he's been doing with DiCaprio, how could De Niro do any of those roles? Oh really? right, but I'm just wondering why he doesn't think it's something to do with him. Yeah, no, that's true because uh, he knows people don't want to watch a bunch of old ass people. Oh, that that's not true though. People would still go to see De Niro. Yeah, he's um, he's an old ass person. People would go see. Oh, speaking, of, let's go back to Rafifi. <laughs> there's talk in like 2002, so it's not going to happen. But there's talk of a remake, and guess who's going to star as Rafifi? Al Pacino. Oh, you gotta be shitting me. He couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't pull that off. I don't for a minute think he could pull that off. Not nowadays. <laughs> well, you know, he'd be talking during the heist. Yeah, I was going to say faster. Go faster. There's no way he'd go for 25 minutes of silence. He'd just start barking or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. We we should do um, we should do a De Niro versus DiCaprio Scorsese. Yeah, maybe Wolf of Wall Street versus time. Cape Fear because I've never seen either of those movies. Oh yeah, that would be good. I saw Cape Fear in the theaters. Um, I mean, that was a remake too. Of a, yeah, it's it's not the best choice. I just Robert I, Mitchum. Yeah. Well, that's actually could be another one. Uh, Cape Fear versus Cape Fear. So, yeah, maybe uh, Taxi Wolf, Driver. Wall Street versus yeah, Taxi Driver is my favorite movie. So, top is, five at least. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a that that would be a really cool one to do. Um, because the I love Harvey Keitel in that with his I, terrible hair and and his uh his wife beater with suspenders and his pimp a, hat. 
that's such a violent movie and not just the violence but the the, the talking about the language yes yeah that scene with martin scorsese in the cab is unbelievably hard to watch yeah the whole movie's unsettling and yeah and he i mean it's it's pretty impressive that he gets that that feeling of paranoia in you as the viewer um and and just you know yeah deeply unsettling feeling throughout the whole thing and then you know there's always arguments about the ending about what really happened but yeah we should do that sometime yeah that would be good and then there's that's a good uh time counterpoint talking about because they're both set in new york so new york in the 70s and new york in more present day yeah yeah well back to this movie um so this was set in the 70s and the the uh the look of it was really good for sure oh uh and, speaking of, not to interrupt you but how did the music work oh the music was fine i mean it was it was what i expect of a big hollywood movie to do the music of the time they didn't they didn't fuck up as far as chronology yeah. or anything yeah that's no. what i meant yeah okay no that was fine <laughs> that's good i wouldn't i'm not gonna go out and buy the soundtrack because i'm not a big fan of chicago and shit but yeah no that was fine um but the yeah the look was good i mean he got all the period stuff down i felt like which is maybe maybe somewhat easy to do uh, when it's when it's something that close in history, because you can just go to a thrift store and still buy the clothes. Oh, I don't, I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's about how easy it is to acquire this stuff. But I think something like the '70s and '60s is easy, not easy to do, but it's easy to make look good because their styles are so different. So yeah, yeah, they're they so stand distinctive. Out like, yeah, the '50s and '40s kind of for me meld together, but the '60s and '70s are very, very different from any other time before or after. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I feel like in 20 years when they make movies about the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, the styles are very similar. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. I think, I mean, I think after the 80s, the 80s was the last real definable style, which was not always great. Um, right, yeah. But after that, yeah, it's just been kind of like a mishmash of shit that came before. And, and you know, I, I think it got more streamlined overall, just the look of, of everything, you know, mm -hmm. kind of more well, I shouldn't say clean cut, but because there were even in the '90s, there was like the hippie revival and shit too, you know, with that look, and and you've got all the um, hipsters with beards and stuff now. But yeah, yeah, I mean that is different. So I guess it's not it's not exactly the same in the '90s and now, but there's there's lots of similarities. Yeah, it's not exactly the same, but it's still um, mostly the anything any kind of fashion that sticks out is an appropriation from some older period. Mm -hmm. So everything's a remix. Everything is a remix, and uh, and it's not always bad. No. Now, speaking of uh, Rafifi versus American Hustle, I don't think there's much in common. No. They're about criminals, I guess. Yeah, different kinds of criminals. Yeah, Rafifi's not quite the uh, charmer that, uh, <laughs> that what's-his-name-is in American Hustle. I wonder if, if, if there was a remake of Rafifi, what it would be like. It would be terrible. It would be 100% no, no, terrible. I agree, but I'm just wondering if it's it's in the director, a good director's hands, I just if they could make anything good. I, I, I mean, I don't even know that directors, how much input directors have over producers and studios anymore. Um, they, I think a director like David O. Russell has a lot of input. Yeah, that you, you might be right. Or, or you know, somebody like uh, Paul Thomas Anderson or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if I mean if they could get 
the uh, the tragic ending rather than have the dude get away with the money. Yeah. After would, everybody else dies. That you would know? be tough. Yeah. And that, that was one of my least favorite parts of that uh, Ben Affleck movie, uh, The Town. Yeah, yeah, that he gets away at the end. Yeah, that was so stupid. On some bayou in Louisiana, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if that was his idea. I, Because I, at that point, I didn't like Ben Affleck, and I enjoyed the movie, but I said to myself watching the movie, I was like, that was his idea, because he wanted to be the hero, which was stupid. It so, could be, but I mean, it could also be, be that... Sir. Yeah, yeah, that they're like, nope, can't have that ending. Oh, that's the other thing I like about David O. Russell. This is... One of, it's one of the authors of our I don't know how to say that word, but the guy directs and writes and does everything. I like those guys, and I like that there's a couple around now that are still good. Like, I know the 60s, there's a lot, but right now there's a, there's a few out there, and they do good work. No, I agree. I mean, even though I don't like Wes Anderson or mm-hmm. particularly like um, most of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies, I respect them and what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. And those, those are the three I think of. There's probably others that I'm I'm missing, but those three are the three that jumped to the top of my head. Well, the Wayans brothers, of course. Yeah, but I never I can never put together who's doing the directing and who's doing the writing with those two. But that does bring up the Cohen brothers. Who, speaking of the Cohen brothers, there's a new Fargo TV show, and I don't know what to think. I've heard. Is it out yet? It's coming out in April on FX. And, and apparently, you know, they're behind it. They're even like producing or something. Yeah, they're they're okay with it. They're not like showrunners or anything, but they're okay with it. And it's not like they need the money. Their their movies are still good. Yeah, I I don't. All I don't I've heard is that they're making a TV series of Fargo, and I know nothing about it. And it kind of boggles my mind that mine too. They can make a series of that, but you maybe... know, this is not the first attempt either. Wow. There's attempt right after the movie came out with Edie Falco playing the sheriff. So that's my question. Is it just going to be about the sheriff? I mean, it obviously can't be about, you know, William H. Macy's character or anything. There's a, a William H. Macy Lake character played by Martin Freeman. And there's a, a heavy played by Billy Bob Thornton. And then there's a sheriff in it, but I don't know if it's the same character. I hope it's not the same character. I think it's more about crimes in this part of the country. Okay. I mean, that makes a little bit more sense because... Otherwise, it's just weird. I mean, if they're going to make a series out of a Coen Brothers movie, you'd, you'd probably want to do The Big Lebowski or something. You could follow the dude around on his misadventures. That, that well, makes... yeah, if, if you could get uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, but, yeah. But otherwise, no, never. No, and obviously Buscemi's out of the picture if you're doing a series, but uh, John Goodman would be good. Yeah, John Turturro. All right, let's make it happen, people. I wouldn't want a series of Big Lebowski. No, I wouldn't either. But maybe a cartoon. Uh, Yeah, a cartoon would be awesome. Speaking of cartoon, to go on another tangent, have you seen that new Dan Harmon cartoon? No, I heard about it. Is it good? I've I've not watched it yet. I've watched a couple of the episodes that came before Dan Harmon was involved where it was um, just not homage, but movies about what happened between Doc Brown and uh, Marty McFly and other adventures, and they're just kind of perverted uh, jokes. And that was the original idea of the cartoon. And I think Dan Harmon got involved and made it better from what people say. So I like to see it. I'll have to look for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to find it too. Um, I am a Dan Harmon fan. Have you listened to his podcast at all? No, I 
don't know if I'd like it from the description, but have you? I have. I, I, yeah, it's not really for me so much. I mean, it's, you know, he's funny, he's entertaining, but it's just not a format that I'm that interested in. What what did you think of the Mitch Hurwitz cameo in that episode of, of Community? I thought it was great. And, that was uh, odd. <laughs> and uh, also uh, Vince Gilligan, who was the creator of Breaking Bad. Was that the same episode or was that another episode? Shit, it was a different episode, sorry. But yeah, yeah. it was, that was, Vince Gilligan played the actor from the video, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had Ooh. him with Gina Gershon in the, in the little ending segment. Who is Gina Gershon? Is she famous for something else? Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Um, and of course, I'm totally blanking on it right now. Well, she was in Showgirls. But, oh, well, say no more. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. I, I guess we're not, we've got to run out of steam on American Hustle. Yeah, I think so. I. Uh, do you have anything to talk about? No, I would, I mean, I would say, you know, you can watch American Hustle. You're not going to regret it. It's uh, it is good. I I don't know. I I feel like I'm making it sound like I didn't like it, but I thought it was I thought it was fine. It was entertaining. Um, I I didn't want my two hours back, you know. So that's uh, that's pretty high praise in today's. Movie yeah, I'm climate. happy that you liked it as much as you like it because most of the time when we talk about modern movies, you are down on them. So this for, from you, this is kind of high praise. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm just. I'm just a little bummed overall at the at the quality of Hollywood movies. Like, I, it it's fine. Like, there's room for the big blockbusters and stuff, um, but when it's at least balanced off by some kind of artistic or indie movies. But even even the indie movies nowadays just seem like they seem like the minor leagues of of the big studio movies. Like they're they're very formulaic and shit. You know, I'm. Where I really loved, uh, you know what? I'll do it as my recommendation. You want to go into recommendations? I want to talk about independence movies a little bit. I think we've talked about it before, and I, I do think it's a shame that's kind of been co-opted by the studios. They're not really independent anymore. The Miramax no. is not an independent studio anymore. There's not. There's nothing that's putting out directors you wouldn't see elsewhere. There's no. I mean, I don't even know where they're going to come from. They're just going to get the. So yeah, I think that's a shame. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be on the internet, I guess. I, yeah, I, I'm not sure yeah. because yeah, you see like these these supposedly indie movies, and and you'll start watching, and it's like Warner Brothers Independent, like they have their own independent arm of their company or whatever, you know? Which, yeah, like and the, they're independent movies where it's a bunch of sitcom stars, so it's independent in the fact that they've not made it as big time dramatic actors but it's not really too uh, independent right and and the plots just don't you know they're like i said they're basically the same as the tentpole movies just uh on a smaller scale sometimes they're good the um that movie with aubrey plaza and uh, nicholas or what's the guy from i didn't like it dude you didn't like it i no. thought it was, it was pretty good not great but pretty good the Wayback Machine or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a different movie altogether, and I like that one. Oh, which one are you talking about? Well, no, Wayback Machine is the time machine from. It, w, yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, right. <laughs> but yeah. the actual Wayback Machine. Right, is from, yes, I know, Mr. Peabody. Um, yeah, well, do you have anything you want to talk about? No, I'm good. I'm ready for recommendations. All right, so I will do a, a good, I mean, even this one is probably not, you know, completely 
independent, but it uh, in in storyline and and plot and acting, it was uh, Ghost World uh, was a movie I oh. really loved. A, a fantastic movie. Everyone should see that and read the book. Yes, yeah, read Daniel Close's comic. Um, it it is Daniel Close. It is not uh, what's his name? What's that Dick Transformer actor? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, it's not a Shia LaBeouf book. It, it is. It's really a shame that I never saw Transformers, so I couldn't name any other actor. <laughs> really mix things up. Well, I think once I said Dick, you had a lock on <laughs> who it was. But yeah, no, read the read the comic and watch the movie. Just that that was one that that blew me away. We saw it in the theaters, and um, I watch it a bunch on DVD. Like it's one of those I can watch over and over, like like Groundhog Day or About a Boy or something. The thing I love about Ghost World is that uh, Danny Close used to have a like a monthly comic book, and I used to get that not all the time, but on a Eight regular ball? basis. Yeah. Yeah. And pieces of Ghost World were in that, and I didn't know that's what the movie was when I read it. Like when I saw the movie, and I was like, "There's a scene in the movie is straight from the comic book," and I was having flashbacks, and I looked back and got the actual full graphic novel, which took all the pieces from Eight Ball and put it into one place, and I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's he still does eight ball doesn't he i should start getting that again yeah they had a they had a an exhibit of him at the oakland museum that's neat a while back yeah it was really awesome i might have mentioned it before but yeah he seems like a fun guy yeah i think i don't know if he still lives here or if he's in new york but i I know he was you know local Uh uh-huh i didn't know that yeah um yeah he's a great he's a great artist and writer i mean when we say comic book it's not a it's not a superhero thing it's a I mean, it's it's like literature. I would consider it. Yeah. Um, and and Ghost World is just a great movie. Steve Buscemi should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that one. Uh, just like John Goodman should have been for The Big Lebowski. But whatever. It's, was that the same year? No, not the same year. Okay. I don't I don't think so. No, Big Lebowski was earlier. Um. But yeah, that's my recommendation. Ghost World. Everybody see it if you haven't. My recommendation is going to go back to what we were talking about before, Flirting with Disaster. Oh, yeah. David O. Russell's best film. Best film. It it was just, I mean, I think it was the movie that got him. No, it was just a, it was just a second movie. I don't know if it got him a lot of fame, but it it was a very good movie. Ben Stiller is very good in it. Taya Leone, who I don't know why didn't become more famous because she was so funny and very pretty. Very good in it. Great cast. Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, I forgot she was in it. <laughs> Alan Alda. The both of the, Alan Alda is not has done a lot of roles like that. Yeah, since yeah. Then, but Mary Tyler Moore really hasn't done that much, and it's a shame because she's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, everyone should see Flirting with Disaster. Yeah, Patricia Arquette's even good in it. Yeah. Another one who's kind of fallen off. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what happened to her. She had a TV show. Not. Oh, that's right. That medium or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty popular. It was on for eight years. It's not really the kind of thing either of us would like, but. The people who liked it liked it. All right. Yeah, no, that's those are two great movies. That's that's your homework for the week, listeners. Yes. Watch, watch those if both. you haven't seen them. And you, tell everyone else to watch both those movies because they should be more popular than they are. Yeah, Flirting with Disaster was almost like, it, it was very old school, like almost like a 70s comedy because it was more character-based, the comedy, mm-hmm. I feel like. It was, like a, it was also like a 40s screwball comedy, too. Was, yeah, no, true, true. Well, I, ridiculous stuff on top of each other keep going on and on and on. But yeah, I can see what you're saying about seventies comedy too. Yeah, and and kind of a road trip movie. Yeah, it's just great all around. Um, 
All right. Well, I guess we're done then. It's like I am. I'm. Yeah, I, I'm done too. I was done before I started. If you notice all my stuttering, and I'm ready to tune episode. out. Retreat. Well, uh, here I'll do it this time. So uh, uh, follow us on Facebook and uh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. If you have any comments or you want any recommendations or you want to be on the show, blah blah blah. Do yeah, it. give us recommendations. If anyone has TV show recommendations, we'd love to, to watch shows that you like and talk about them. Yeah, it, it's actually, I know, I mean, it's kind of, sometimes it's hard coming up with uh, an idea for the show. For interesting things that we haven't talked about already. I mean, whatever we do is always fun, but if, if anybody has stuff that you, you say, oh, John and Pat would really like watching this and I'd like to hear what they have to say. Tell us and we will. Yeah, and TV shows are are the best because they're so easy to watch. They're so quick and, and uh, so it doesn't take us a lot of prep work to do those. Not only that, but there's lots of movies we both want to do already and we really don't need help with movies, but TV shows would be helpful. Yeah, that's true. We've got a long list of movies we're going to be doing. So, uh, Yeah, all right. Well, thanks, Pat. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next week, uh, do we know what we're doing next week? Oh, yes. We're doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine versus Barney Miller. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Um, Until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
now it's become unmentionable.